Welcome back to Throwing Hands. Uh, it's just me right now. Jacob, I'm at Daniel is not here right now, but I do have a special guest, Casey Kenny. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, how about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Just you know, glad to be doing more interviews. It's always a pleasure. So we're just gonna kick it right off here. How'd you get your start in mixed martial arts? Uh, you know, um, obviously I started at a young age with like judo and wrestling, so other sports. Um, you know, and just kind of fell into an MMA fight. But I had my first MMA fight right after I graduated high school, right before I went to uh, basically the summer before college, kind of spur of the moment thing. And uh, a small uh, promotion came to my hometown and my friends were kind of uh, egging me on to compete in this fighting uh, event since I had been doing judo and wrestling my whole life. And then I uh, so I fought in it and, you know, won by suplex, knockout by suplex, and fell in love with the sport. So uh, that's all she wrote. <laughs> so uh, through my research, I found out that you're a, you were a judo national champion. Would you say yes. that's prepared you for competition because you compete at such a high level at such a young age? Yeah, um, you know, um, with all everything that I've done leading up to it, you know, it's not only uh, helped me as far as, like, techniques and stuff, but just, like, the mindset. Uh, to be like a high-level judoka or a high-level wrestler, uh, to compete with the best, you know, it's similar mindset to competing with the best in MMA as far as like the mindset of training, the mindset of, you know, being the best in the world and that type of thing. So uh, they definitely set me up for everything I got going on right now. So would you say that your judo and Greco game is the most important part of your uh, uh, game, so to speak? Uh, you know, I, I like to stand and strike nowadays, but uh, it's definitely got the roots built into it, you know, and I think that's part of like why I feel so comfortable striking is, you know, my grappling. I've lived in the grappling world my whole life. Like uh, I can throw without being worried about being taken down, you know, not saying I can't get taken down, but, you know, I have confidence in my grappling ability. So it lets my striking go as well. Um, but the judo greco part is definitely an important part uh you know also with like the transition into like the the muay thai clinch and, and the clinch you know the clinch positions in uh mma so you you get to your first pro fight what were your thoughts going into this you know knowing that you're finally going to get a paycheck uh the first pro fight was good uh you know, obviously the paycheck was really little, but it was like finally I was a professional athlete. You know, I didn't have a super long amateur career, but uh, it's something that I had always like dreamt of, like being, you know, being able to call myself a professional athlete. And, uh, you know, it took a little while uh, to get where I wanted to go, but um, just being a, you know, a pro athlete was uh, a goal in itself. So you, you take the momentum from that fight and go on a seven-fight undefeated streak on your way to the Contender Series. What was, your, what, what was your experience like at the Apex in the Performance Institute when you were there? Uh, man, um, well, actually, the Apex in uh, 
the apex wasn't there we were still at the ultimate fighter gym i was the oh, first yeah. season of the contender series so i was the old school one but uh the pi was there it was just it was just open so kind of opened my world to like where the transition uh, or of moving into the ufc what would be available to me you know obviously it took a little bit uh longer after the contender series to finally get in but uh the contender series kind of gave me a, a small taste of what it was like to be in the ufc so you get that small taste and you win by unanimous decision what were your thoughts coming out of that fight uh you know obviously didn't get the contract after the win on the first one but i knew um they were either a gonna call me back which ended up happening or b um i was gonna be you know one of the first calls on a short notice fight so after that first one, I wasn't, you know, too discouraged uh, that I didn't get a contract, just got back to work and was kind of waiting for the next next moment. I knew it was coming. Yeah, so you do get that next moment uh, six weeks later. Um, it was a split decision loss. What did you learn from that, and what could what, what have you used uh, from that fight going forward? Uh, you know, I, I learned a lot, man. I learned a lot about myself after that, especially, you know, uh, I felt like I won that fight. I felt like I deserved a contract. You know, a lot of people thought that. So that, that that's something that, you know, you get in life and in, in the long run, it helped me. You know, you got to deal with deal with stuff when it doesn't always go as planned. Even if you know, even if it's supposed to be one way, sometimes it goes another way, and you got to learn to deal with that and move on from that. And honestly, you know, I, I came into the UFC in a whole totally different division. You know, finally and and everything. So. Uh, I'm happy with the way it worked out, but I learned a lot, man. It's definitely a life lesson. Yeah, I mean, it clearly worked out. You became the double champ in the LFA with your uh, interim belts in uh, two divisions. What was what was it like being on top of a promotion, knowing that you know your work is is paying off? Uh, man, I, I mean, it's awesome to say I'm still the only the the only LFA champ champ that they've ever had so far. You know. Um, that's definitely, you know, one of a kind, but, uh, uh, I knew I was one of the best in the world and I can, could compete with some of the best in the world. And, you know, like you said, the LFA title fights, uh, jumping into with Ray Borg to start off, you know, all those things, uh, I knew I was capable of, but, you know, actually doing them is sometimes a different story. And, you know, once I completed all that, uh, I felt like it was a, you know, a big boost in confidence for me. So you after becoming the champ champ in the LFA, you finally make your UFC debut against Ray Borg. Um, what was it like stepping into that octagon for the first time? Um, and that, those two weeks were like a roller coaster. You know, sometimes it doesn't even seem real, but I was just, I was rolling with whatever happened, you know. Um, and I ended up getting the win and, um, you know, I couldn't have asked for more, you know, maybe put, put Ray Borg away, but you know, after all, everything that had happened and, uh, you know, everything I'd been through, it was just nice to go there make my debut and get a win against a former uh, title challenger. Definitely. So you, uh, you get the, after the Borg fight, you get a win against Ramirez, but you, but you lose to, uh, a man who has a similar skill set to you and, uh, Marab Dwalish really. What was what were your lessons learned? You know, you were a top fifteen contender. Like, did that get, add more fuel to the fire? Yeah, you know, it kind of ignited the fire, but uh, it, it helped me with my mindset a little bit. You know, I kind of felt like the Marab fight. You know, I was I did good in some parts, but there was times where uh, I just tried to you know take his head off, and I didn't I didn't stay a well-rounded mixed martial artist. 
Um, and I think, you know, little adjustments in the mindset and the game plan. Um, well, I had a good game plan, but I just kind of went away from it, you know, staying on, on task uh, with a guy like Marab, uh, you know, uh, definitely something I took away from that fight is just being a little bit more level-headed in the fight instead of, you know, trying to kill somebody with one punch. So you you take that those lessons learned and you get the win versus Smolka, and now you're you're coming up on this October 3rd fight against Alatang. What what are your thoughts going into this next fight coming up in a few weeks? Uh, man, I just uh, want to put on a show, you know, uh, put on a show, keep uh, rolling with, uh, you know, the momentum that I had against Smoka. You know, I felt like I found a stride there that if I fight like that uh, in all my fights, you know, guys are going to have a hard time surviving that 15 minutes. And, uh, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to go put, I want to go put Alatang away and, uh, you know, keep climbing uh, back towards uh, the rankings, the title shot, you know, uh, I'm in it for the long haul. So what do you think you're, you'll have to do to get back in that top 15? Uh, you know, I don't know if this fight's going to skyrocket me back into there, but, um, you know, I think it definitely sets me up with another fight uh, close to that, if not maybe a top 15 after this fight. Um, you know, really, I just want to fight again before the end of the year. Um, doesn't really matter who it is, but I keep uh, winning. I keep putting guys away, and I'll be back in the, you know, those rankings uh, in no time. Now, I'm just curious on your thoughts. Like, this Bantamweight division is absolutely stacked right now. Like, what what do you think of the level of competition in this division? Uh, man, it excites me. You know, uh, what better way to be in the UFC, but not only in the UFC, but in a division that's, you know, they're talking about one of the best right now. You know, obviously, 55, 70, 85, all those guys are uh, – all those divisions are deep. But, you know, Bantamweight was never really talked about like one of those divisions up until you know the, a few years ago and the, it's cool to be a part of that that the little guys are finally getting some recognition all righty man so is there anything like you know words of motivation or anything you want to say to end this interview off with oh uh, man just uh tuning in october 3rd is going to be uh it's going to be an exciting night i'm going to put on a show and uh hope everybody's staying safe out there all right, guys, that was some shameless self-promotion from Casey Kenny. Casey, uh, where can people find you on uh, social media? Uh, you can find me at CKMMA135 on Twitter and Instagram, and then just uh, Casey Kenny at Facebook. All righty, guys, that was Casey Kenny. You can catch him on October 3rd on Fight Island. Um, wait, I'm just curious. What are your thoughts about going to Abu Dhabi? Uh, yeah, man, uh, that should be exciting, you know. Fight Island, I feel like, is going to go down in the history books. And, uh, you know, they, they had their little, like, four fight or four event, you know, stint a couple months ago. And uh, now I'm with the second wave. And, you know, I think uh, it's just cool to be a part of it. You know, I'm curious to see how everything goes. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're going to be quarantined wherever we go. So might as well be in Abu Dhabi, right? Definitely. Well, I want to thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, uh, anytime, man. I uh, appreciate your time as well. All right, guys. Casey Kenny, you can catch him on October 3rd against Alatang on Fight Island. Casey Kenny, everybody.